Today is the 21st of December 2021. We've been practicing chanting, which is one method to bring our minds to peace and collectedness. So we set our hearts on the chanting, and a Dhamma practitioner likely has some, or may have some experience with bringing the mind to peace through this method. And when one's able to, and one's able to maintain that peace in the mind. However, if the mind proliferates during the chanting, even if that's a wholesome proliferation, the samadhi can degrade. It also may come about that one who has samadhi has the view that they don't need to chant. They can just meditate only bring their mind to collectedness and then to wisdom, and therefore they don't want to chant. But to think in this way is another type of birth, another type of becoming, another life. It's a thought that some people have in their minds. So whatever we cling to like this is a type of birth and becoming. So one with samadhi may think like this, and one that lacks samadhi may not chant and may not meditate, and they won't meet with peacefulness as well. So we need to recollect the qualities of the Buddha. This is something of great benefit. If we're in a dangerous place or a scary place, we recollect the Buddha. And doing this, we can have rapture arise, the hairs stand on end. And this is able to cure the fear in the heart, the fear of death, the fear of danger. When recollects the Buddha, the mind becomes peaceful and rapture arises. And if there's a lot of fear in our practice, then we should repeat Buddha without stopping. Whatever point we stop reciting Buddha, then fear arises right there. So we repeat Buddha until the mind is peaceful, the mind is cool, and one can understand the Dhamma like this. One realizes that that which is deceiving us is not ghosts or spirits, but it's our own thinking and proliferation. One with a mind well collected will see that nature is just this way, that it's Dhamma. The bones in the cremation ground are natural, a part of nature. It's the mind that proliferates that gives rise to fear, and the proliferation is that which is dangerous in the mind. It's a type of dhamma aramana. So we have the six senses and their objects, a physical touch, uh, sounds, tastes, smells, sights, and mental objects. And we understand these six senses in their respective objects. When the outer sense object meets the inner sense base, then there is consciousness. Then consciousness arises, craving and attachment arise based on that. As soon as feeling, Vedana arises, then craving arises very quickly may be in a place that's cold, or may be in a place that's hot. But either way, the experience of cold and hot arises based on contact. 
physical contact with the body and the sense object. And similarly with the other five senses. So we contemplate all of this as impermanent, unstable. Whatever feeling we have of heat or cool or cold doesn't last forever. This vedana arises, it arises and ceases. We can contemplate like this and understand the Dhamma like this. And when the mind is gathered in samadhi, we understand more clearly. A Dhamma practitioner sees that the, season cha the seasons change, one's life changes. Whether it's the hot season, the cold season, the rainy season, and so on, the body changes according to conditions as well. And this body is something we just use temporarily in this world. It doesn't last forever. So therefore, what is left of our lives, what are we going to do with that time? The end of the year is coming close. It's almost the new year. So we ask, well, what do we have that's new? People are born anew into the world, and people that are born already die as well. One comes into the world alone, and one leaves the world alone. This is the truth of Dhamma. So all of us here sitting and listening to this talk, we're here just temporarily in this world. So what is it in this world that one can truly call mine and me? We see that this breath comes and goes, and the oxygen gets spread throughout the body by the pumping of the heart. So the breath arises and ceases, comes in and out, whether we're lying down, sitting, standing, or walking, the breath is coming in and out all the time, and the heart is constantly beating and spreading the oxygen throughout the whole body. Even from the time we're in the womb, and then we're born, and the heart doesn't stop working, when the heart stops, then this is death. And so the breath and the heart work in conjunction like this. And when the breath stops, then the heart stops. They're connected. So we contemplate like this. See that with every heartbeat, our life is shorter by one heartbeat. And every time our heart beats, then the heart degrades. We see that it's, it's impermanent. So therefore, may you be heedful and see how much of our lives do we have left? How many years do we have left? We don't know. So therefore, we practice together. May you set your hearts to not miss any practice. Though it may be difficult and troublesome, may you still be intent in your practice. And this quality of intent it's something that's important. So we use the quality of truthfulness that we won't miss the morning or evening chanting, that we'll do our meditation, our sitting and walking to have effort in this. This is something very important. We may be studying some subject and building our mindfulness and wisdom like this, but still we shouldn't miss out on our meditation periods because sitting in meditation should be our primary focus. We study and we gain knowledge of 
from that study. But if we don't practice, then we don't develop our minds. Though studying is studying can be good and we gain useful knowledge, we have to meditate as well, bring our minds to rest in samadhi, and put down the moods of agitation and chaos. So within a single day, we have to be able to rest our minds just like we rest our bodies. And we see what we are lost in having been born into the world, and we die, and we get born again, get lost again. So we take a look, we study, well, how is this body? Is it really mine, me, you and yours? In truth, is it really this way? We see that the Buddha taught that the body is a pile of dukkha, pile of stress, and it's always changing, it's not self. So we listen to this and we understand it. We understand this, but still we can't cut off this identification with the body. For instance, we may contemplate the blood in our body. We may donate blood and give away blood. We see that the blood that's been given away, it's, it's not me, it's not mine, it's not self. We're able to think like this. But the blood that's still in our body, we, if we try to think that it's not self, we just can't seem to do that. Clinging happens so quickly like this. So we can ask ourselves, well, what is the difference between the blood that's inside our body and outside of our body? Really, it's the same, but we, the feeling in the heart is that they're different. The blood outside the body is not self, but the blood inside the body, we feel that it is self. So we need to use our quality of samadhi, of collectedness, to put forth effort to practice until our samadhi is well established. And when we have mindfulness and samadhi established well, we'll be able to understand more clearly. So we sit meditation, and when we practice like this in whatever posture, of sitting, standing, walking, or lying down, this is a lot of merit, a lot of goodness, because it gives the opportunity for wisdom to arise, wisdom which can destroy the sense of self. And the sense of self is that which is the cause of suffering. And if we don't do this, then our cycling through birth and death, this cycle of samsara won't come to an end. Because the amount of times we've been born and died is beyond count. It's very long. In this long course of samsara, the number of Buddhas that have awakened and passed away into Parinibbana already are more numerous than the grains of sand in the Ganges River. But if we don't practice, then we won't see the Dhamma and we'll get born again and die again. And we'll cycle around in this cycle of birth and death for another uncountable length of time. And each time that there's birth and death, then each time is suffering. And the Buddha, with his awakening, he was able to destroy the rafters and snap the ridgepole. And what this means is that he ended ignorance, craving, and attachment. 
So we have to practice, we have to train, set our hearts on being heedful, make our mind strong and firm in our effort and striving in order to reach our goal and achieve our hopes, to be able to understand and see the Dhamma. So may you have effort and set your hearts in this.